Hello and welcome back to another episode of Zap. My name's Jono. And I'm Beck. And Zap the podcast was formed on the basis there's a lot of good quality journalism out there. And so this is the other stuff. We aim to make the good trash treasure. We find weird, wacky and wonderful news stories from all over the world. We talk about it, we laugh about it and we make segments somewhat loosely related to it. But before we jump into the action today, uh, I'd just like to celebrate a couple of milestones that we've just hit. Um, which if there's is one thing we like us. doing on this show, it's celebrating milestones, big or small. Oh, yeah, like literally small. anything we can celebrate, we're going to celebrate it if and we, make it yeah, a milestone. If, <laughs> if there's any reason whatsoever to celebrate, we're doing yeah. it. Um, but today is an excellent reason to celebrate. First of all, this episode is the 30th episode wow. uh, that we've recorded Ooh, so of this podcast. 30. The big three zero. Yeah, uh, wow. And... Uh, I had a look through all of our episodes and did a rough calculation on how much, how, how many hours of oh, podcast wow, we've yeah. recorded. Uh, and it's a bit below, but not too far off, 20 hours oh of podcast. Oh my gosh, we've almost done a day. We've almost done a day. Well, the thing <laughs> is, if someone were to binge our podcast, it would probably be a two-day ordeal, right? True. Because when you think about if that, you, way, yeah. If you put sleep in there <laughs> and like eating, say you you have at least one meal without the podcast playing, then no, it's, no. it's likely going to happen. Podcast. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose. It depends which episode. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, because that'd have to be over the period of two days, wow. which is kind of great to see. Um, and then the super big milestone, which we're uh, celebrating today, is that our podcast has surpassed a thousand all-time Woo! plays, which is amazing. That is uh, incredible. And it's super encouraging to see that uh, you as listeners have chosen to collectively listen to our podcast yeah. over a thousand <laughs> times, which is absolutely mind-blowing. And so, it's nice knowing that... You know, like, obviously, Jono and I can't rack up a thousand listens ourselves. So, and boy, have we tried. <laughs> we- I, I'd say we've got about half of that. of just refreshing the yeah. page. We've got it on loop. But, yeah, it's, like, so <laughs> exciting to actually see that figure and be like, wow, thank you for actually listening. Like, that's, that's people out there listening yeah. to us talk for half an hour. And it's very nice. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> so, before we jump in today... Uh, we just wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who's listened to our podcast or anyone who follows us on social media mm-hmm. um, just for being an awesome part of this community and sticking with us. Yeah. Uh, and we hope to continue providing content for you long into the future. That's the plan. That's it the is. dream. This um, may be 30, but it's only up from here. It is. And <laughs> like 30 podcasts to get a thousand listens is, I'd, I reckon that's all right. Yeah. That's I not that's too bad. amazing. I don't know what the average figures are, but I'd Neither. like to say that we're doing pretty well. Let's just say uh, we're above them, whatever they well, are. <laughs> yeah, whatever they are, we're smashing them out of the yeah. park. We've done great. Uh, and we're very <laughs> humble about it as well. Uh, but to start off the show today, we've got a story out of somewhere that's not where we typically get stories from. Uh, we're looking at China today, uh, not Florida, uh, which is our, our favourite. <laughs> our uh, biggest source of weird news. Yeah, our biggest source. <laughs> we should just go to Florida and, and see. Oh, we've talked about this before. We have, we? yes. Just yes. going once to we Florida. Can travel, yeah, once going. we can travel and just like getting like local news stories. Oh, yeah. We're just going to sit on a park bench and just watch things unfold in front yeah, of watch, our eyes. <laughs> watch the news stories appear. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so we're talking uh, about China, uh, and this story comes uh, as a woman out of China has been arrested for tens of traffic traffic offences after she went on a two day marathon two of running days. red lights. <laughs> but why, you may yeah, ask, why? is she doing this? Uh, it, it definitely seems like a surefire way to, of getting yourself uh, at least fined a heap or landing mm. yourself in prison. But it turns out the reason she's doing this uh, is to get back at her ex-boyfriend <laughs> after he left her for another woman. You see, this Amazing. woman, her name's Lou, um, and she wasn't driving her own car while she did these offences. She was in her ex-boyfriend's car and was hoping to just rack up loads <laughs> of traffic fines from like red light cameras, I'm assuming, that they yeah. have uh, in China uh, so that her ex, uh, now ex-boyfriend would have to pay for all of them. Uh, but unfortunately for Lou, she was kind of caught in the act uh, and very quickly linked to all the other traffic offences uh, that she managed <laughs> so to <close>. get. Uh, <laughs> it was something like 49 traffic offences. Oh my gosh, that's that she... <laughs> quite impressive. I'm yeah, amazed over a that two-day period. They weren't, yeah, that they weren't able to stop her and that she was able to keep going for two days. I wonder, we were speaking just before about like, you know, having to take a break over a two-day listening period to our show. Yeah. I wonder if she... Took a break. <laughs> she was like, okay, I'm going to have one hard day of just running as many red lights as I can. Quick dinner, sleep, and then we're back up at the crack back of dawn. Back into the action. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, unfortunately she was uh, caught in the act and um, linked to all, all the offences she, she'd committed uh, over the last couple of days. Um, and a very commendable effort, out, though. <laughs> so, like, it, this all happened after... Uh, Lou and her boyfriend had sort of split up. Mm. Um, and it turns out, it, I think it doesn't mention specifically because there's not a lot of info in this article, but it mentions um, that there was someone called Zoo uh, who helped out get the car so that they could go do Ooh. this. I'm assuming Zoo might be a friend mm. uh, of Lou's ex-boyfriend. Um, and he said he would do it on the condition that he would, uh, that Lou would agree to go on a date with him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> for helping commit these crimes. Oh, wow. And so, um, chivalry is not dead. No, it's not. <laughs> wow. They can have a nice date, um, you know, maybe trying to get, I don't know, would they go to jail for this? Uh, 49 traffic offences. It. I don't know. They'd either get a lot of fines. Um, maybe I don't know how they how they do sort of uh, handing out like yeah. fines. Well, it'll be or... a nice date at the parking fine office, you know. Yeah, definitely. Holding definitely. hands while <laughs> signing away, like <laughs> signing all the checks over. Oh gosh, I wonder why though. Why go on a two day spree when you could just you know locate a red light and go through it, turn around, come back. Turn around. Just do the same light just keep over going and over through again. the same light over and over again. I mean, it's not like you can max out one red light camera in a day, can you? How, do you reckon it, it triggers every time they go through, or like? I mean, I it would have to. Know. Do you like, reckon if if she just tried doing donuts in the middle of the intersection, yeah. it would rack up like heaps of fines really quick? Yeah. I wonder if when you like if you went through it and then you reverse through it, whether it like undoes the fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Reverse back through at the same speed. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I'll take that one back. That was an accident. Uh, but um, while Lou was not successful in this revenge scheme, it's the scheme that counts in this situation. And so we're going to be looking at all sorts of sweet, sweet revenge today. Uh, so buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> 
A wild donut to an yeah. intersection. <laughs> and 49 red lights. <laughs> So we're talking sweet revenge today and while we're recording this, the Olympics are currently going on right now and I don't know about you, Jono, but I it's been basically on my family's TV the whole time it's been on. I'm learning a lot about sports and actually I'm not learning too much. I'm more just, you know, seeing the sport and kind of assessing whether I can do that sport and, you know. <laughs> How good would I be? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, get me in a pool. No, we've, we've spoken about how much I did not like swimming. But it, <laughs> it, it, it's really interesting to see the sports that they let into the Olympic Games. Like there are some that just swimming, I get it, you know, basketball, totally get it but there are ones like the the shooting ones where they literally just stand there and take a shot and it looks like a carnival game i'm like how how did this get in this is like such a good point it's like whoever wins gets a big stuffed elephant or something (laughs) no gold medal in this one so so i was on tiktok I was going to say the other day, but no, let's be real. I'm on TikTok for a couple hours a day. And the TikTok for you page at the moment is filled with Olympians, like posting TikToks from the Olympic Village and stuff like that, which is really cool. You kind of get to see what they're up to. But a TikTok that I came across today actually was someone who didn't make it to the Olympic Games in Tokyo because their sport wasn't actually selected by the, I think it's the IOC, the Yeah, the International Olympic Committee is just not recognized as an Olympic sport. And so I'm watching this video and the way that she'd set up the TikTok was kind of drawing you in. It was like, you know, imagine being selected for the USA team for a sport, but the Olympics refused to include it. And I'm like watching it. I'm like, oh, like I feel bad for this girl. Like her sport. A a lifelong dream has been snatched away from her. (laughs) Like you've trained so hard, you make it to a national level and your sport's not in the Olympics. And then (laughs) I found out what her sport was. And I am so sorry if anyone listening plays this sport, but I actually thought I was being pranked. I like thought it was a joke. And so I started laughing and then I was like, oh no, this is... This is really, this is really this is someone's life. her sport. She has trained and made it to a national level. And the sport is underwater hockey. Underwater hockey? Underwater hockey. And it is, it's a full on thing. And I think I actually understand why the Olympic committee didn't choose it because it's so bizarre <laughs> and it seems so dangerous. So a little, a little history about underwater hockey. It's also known as Octopush apparently mainly in the UK. <laughs> and it's a it's a limited contact sport where two teams maneuver a puck, so like normal hockey, but instead it's played on the bottom of a swimming pool. And so you have to try and push the puck into the uh, into your goal using a hockey stick or a pusher. It's slightly smaller than the average <laughs> hockey stick. I've just found a, Are you just seeing found a pictures? picture of it and it looks like they've just like someone spray painted some bananas that <laughs> yes. they're using to push around the they're like hand size <laughs> like so sticks it's so bizarre and the pictures if if you want to pause this podcast or keep listening go look at some pictures it looks like what my siblings and i would have played in the pool as a game when we were like children like it just does not look real at all and so that's why i thought i was being pranked i was like why <laughs> why is this a sport? And it seems so dangerous. It's like you're asking for just like danger, like being underwater that long, trying to actually competitively 
play a sport underwater. It just seems so bizarre to me. And yeah, so I feel like this this team is clearly out for revenge. <laughs> They're pretty upset by the fact that it's not an Olympic recognized <laughs> sport. But look, I'm sorry. If, if you've chosen underwater hockey as the, as the sport that Please. you're going to be great at, I mean... I think I think you can understand why it has not been chosen <laughs> in That's the Olympics. Incredible. It's so I, weird. I had never heard of underwater hockey and I absolutely love the pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at first like I was looking at these pictures and it was like zoomed out. So I didn't know I thought maybe they had like a spoon or something that they were using <laughs> to hit the puck around. But it's it's like little plastic. Yeah. It, they're so small. It's like a boomerang that they're just like smashing <laughs> this little underwater puck with. And like furthermore, it is it is probably the least spectator friendly sport that could ever be because That's everyone true. is underwater the whole time so if you're looking at it like if you're looking at the pool all you can see are little splashes and like little <laughs> wriggles of people moving through the water like what on earth and I was reading into it and they they were actually emphasizing how hard it is as a spectator sport they were like even the camera people like in the pool can never re- really get a good angle and yeah, gosh, it's Imagine just trying to follow that. I know <laughs> it's, it's like being there in person. Not that the uh, Tokyo Olympics has spectators. Yeah, but yeah. Trying, but trying to follow that as a spectator, you're like, well, there's a lot of splashing over there. You reckon that's where it is? It's like, has it gone in? I can't tell. Is that is that the hockey stick or the puck or is that someone's snorkel? Like, what? You'll only know if something like has happened. If the if the swimmers come up to yeah, the exactly. surface, all of them at once, they're like, "Oh, something happened." I don't was know it what's good? Happened. Was it bad? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, gosh. I mean, maybe one day they'll make pools that ha- are like above ground, and you can see straight into them. But even then, I mean, I'm I'm sorry, underwater hockey team, but I think you should p- maybe pick another spot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's making it into the Olympics. I'm sorry. Anytime oh. soon. Oh, that's so yeah. brutal. Like we're, we're here laughing about it and someone's like, I've trained for eight <laughs> years to be like one of the best in my country at underwater hockey. Or AKA just... Octopush. I mean, if your sport's called Octopush. Like... Yeah, there's, you've got issues <sighs> if it's Octopush. No. You know what sport should be in the Olympics? Frisbee. That's a fun one to watch. Oh, and yeah. No, I like Frisbee. Yeah. And no, no, instead we're pushing for, for Octo Push to get in. Oh, if, I mean, if Octo Push can get in, why not underwater Frisbee? Oh, Let's bring all the Frisbees yeah. in. <laughs> Let's bring, what were we talking about the other week? Underwater knitting. We could break so many knitting. world records here. Yeah. Ugh. Just put every above ground sport <laughs> underwater, see how it goes. I think that's I think oh, that's the future of the Olympics. Maybe right. they'll have a um they'll have the like the Olympic Games, the Olympic Winter Games, and then the Olympic Water Games. Water games, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just every usual sport but underwater. <laughs> Javelin's gonna be pretty weird. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, discus, that's that's it's probably gonna be pretty underwhelming. Yeah. What about the underwater canoe slalom? That one will be <laughs> They've got bricks in the canoes to oh keep them God. down. <laughs> oh, it's just so... And wheels on the bottom of the canoe so they can roll along the floor oh of the swimming dear. pool. <laughs> the, oh, my it just, we could, This emphasizes the absurdity of, of underwater hockey, and, yeah. I, and I love it. I mean, I respect yeah. your game, but... <laughs> Not enough for it to be in the Olympics. <laughs> If you're a gym nut like me, you're probably looking for ways to cut calories. 
I was too until I found diet water. This deliciously empty source of hydration is normally packed full of excess oxygen. So we've halved it to only contain one oxygen atom per hydrogen atom. So I can get back to lifting weights and losing weight. Diet water. It's barely mildly poisonous. We're talking sweet, sweet revenge today, and if there's one place I knew that I could find some amazing revenge stories, it would be from the past. And so we're going to be taking a look at what I think is one of the most ruthless and badass revenge stories ever. <laughs> now, before we get into this, uh, I will just state that this information has come from a very brief look at Wikipedia. What? Uh, so <laughs> I, can't, I can't guarantee uh, too much uh, credibility uh, in all the, in the uh, exact little pieces of this story. <laughs> um, but I think overall it seems to be pretty correct. Yeah, we'll so roll with it. It's, it's a rough retelling of events. <laughs> um, so prior to doing this research, I hadn't even heard uh, of this story's Revenger, okay. but her name is Olga of Kiev. Now, mm. in the year 945, so we're going a fair ways back oh, here. yes, I remember Kiev those days. was part of Russia. Uh, it wasn't the Ukraine then, it was part of Russia. And Olga was married to the leader of Kiev, whose name mm. was Igor. However, Igor doesn't stick around for long because that very same year, the Drevlians, you're going to be hearing a lot about them. Okay. Um, they were a neighbouring tribe. They killed Igor uh, after he went and demanded they pay tribute, or, or almost like a tax, to Kiev. So, as is the way, if a king dies, their heir would take the throne. However, mm. the heir to the throne was only three years old. And so, <laughs> Olga essentially uh, took the throne uh, until okay. her son was old enough. But very shortly after her husband's death... Um, the, the, the Drevlians, uh, who killed him, sent an envoy of negotiators to try and convince Olga to marry the prince of their tribe in order for them effectively to take control of Kiev. Oh. But Olga, she's no fool. She's not <laughs> letting these Drevlians walk all over her. So he, uh, she hatched a, a plan here. Uh, she told the envoy that she'd love to accept this offer the following day in the presence of her people. She then said to them, go back to your ship and wait for tomorrow when my people will literally uh, um, she didn't say literally but I'm adding that for <laughs> emphasis here. I like uh, it. Literally carry your ship uh, back to the, the castle or wherever she was. Mm. Now this sounded like a great plan to the Drevlians uh, so they did as she asked and when the next day came as promised they were lifted like people came and lifted their boat <laughs> with them in it and walked through the town Almost like, you know, in like movies and stuff, they'll have like the king on that little sofa. That thing, is exactly like, the image that I had in my yeah. head. <laughs> so I'm glad like you that. went with that. Yeah. And so the Drevlians were like, well, this is a very honorable thing. Um, so, yeah, they, they walked through the town, uh, but not directly to Olga as promised. Instead, uh, they were thrown while still in their boat into a pit that was dug overnight. Oh. Uh, and then the men from the envoy were promptly buried alive. <gasps> Oh Which is pretty gosh. ruthless, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but it doesn't it doesn't end there. Oh, Olga gosh. then sent a message to the Drevlians, who were completely unaware of the fate of their envoy. <laughs> she told them to send their distinguished men to Kiev so that she could be escorted to uh, the Drevlians' prince in honor. 
Now, mm. of course, they, they still hadn't heard that the envoy uh, had been murdered. <laughs> so uh, yeah. they complied. They, they sent their best men to Kiev. And when they arrived, Olga commanded her people to draw a bath for these distinguished Drevlians uh, and uh, said so that they may appear before her after they had bathed. But once the Drevlians had entered the bathhouse, she started a fire from the door <gasps> of the building, trapping the men inside until the building burned oh down. Oh, my gosh. Very brutal. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but even after this, she was not done. She sent oh. another message to the Drevlians who hadn't gotten the, uh, uh, yeah. the memo. World, that word travels slow in the, yeah. in the 900s, that's for sure. <laughs> word does not travel. They hadn't gotten the, the memo that both of the envoys oh they'd gosh. sent uh, had been met, met with violence. Mm. Um, and so she sent another message um, to the Drevlians to prepare great quantities of mead, which is an alcoholic drink made with honey. Um, and she told them, prepare this so that I can hold a funeral feast for my late husband. <gasps> oh, uh, I thought she I meant the for, all the, for all the people. No, she, no. Just... She, she, she didn't tell them that. So uh, off she went to their city uh, and through the feast and got them all very drunk. And while they were very drunk, she ordered all her followers to kill them. <laughs> and it's said that close to 5,000 Drevlians were <gasps> killed on this day. And if all of this isn't enough, she's not even done yet. She then returned to Kiev to build an army to finish the job. And uh, so they then marched this army down there. Um, they pushed them back into the city and then started a siege uh, on the city oh that lasted gosh. about a year before Olga hatched one final plan against them. She sent a messenger inside of the town to negotiate an end to the siege mm. on the condition that the Drevlians pay three pigeons and three sparrows uh, from each house as a tribute to Kiev. And the Drevlians, they were running out of food in the town uh, and so a lot of people were starving and that sort of stuff. So they're like, that's a pretty low price to for us to be able to get food yeah. and stuff back. So that sounds like a great plan. They were super relieved and so they're like, sure, have some pigeons and sparrows. Don't know why you want them. <laughs> um, but what happened next was a, a devilish act of, of trickery um, and genius, really. Olga took those those pigeons and those sparrows and ordered her men to attach a piece of sulfur, uh, which was a, it's a very flammable material. Often, I think it was sort of created... Uh, used in the sort of creation of the first explosives and that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. um, but it's just very flammable. Um, and they bound it with cloth uh, and then some straw to each bird's foot. They set it on fire and then released the birds and the birds just flew back to where they were nesting in oh. that little town. And they took the fire with them, which burnt the city to the ground. Oh, my gosh. And all of this as revenge uh, for them killing her husband. And, like... History wow. has some badass stories, but I had never heard of this before. Me either. And it is absolutely my favourite. Olga spent years of her <laughs> yeah. life orchestrating revenge on the people who killed her, uh, her husband. Genius, and too. Surely, after all that, she thought that she had gotten the sweet, sweet revenge she, <laughs> she sought. And wow. uh, yeah, I, I have no words because it's just. An incredible, like trick after trick after trick. Yeah. Surely the, the the people, the Drevlians, should have been like, I don't know, Olga. You, yeah, there's you something devil. sus about, about these this. pigeons. I'm like, <laughs> wow. How did but, she keep coming up with them as well? It's I don't know. She must have incredible. She, yeah, she was clearly very smart. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yes. Yeah, and so. then her son had big shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah, definitely huge <laughs> shoes to wow. fill. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's it, absolute madness, and that's definitely uh, a story I'm going to remember as probably yeah. being the best revenge story 
in history. That's so good. So I have no idea how my story of sweet, sweet revenge is ever going to follow Olga of Kiev. That has just <laughs> set well, the you, bar I, unbelievably high. <laughs> in fairness, you don't have an army That's uh, on true. your side. That's so true. So I think you're just you're doing what you can <laughs> yeah. with what is at your disposal. And and I think it's unfair to compare yourself to Olga. You're right. You're right. Thank you, Jono, for the, <laughs> for the support welcome. there. And <laughs> this story of sweet, sweet revenge actually was is set when I was, I think, about 11 or 10. So I also didn't have the same kind of power that Olga had back then. And I'm pretty glad I didn't. Um, So (laughs) basically how it started was as per usual, I was being annoying to my sister. And I think that particular day, I think it was in the school holidays. And so my mom had probably just had enough of us being annoying. And so instead of, you know, being like, Rebecca, can you stop doing that? I got sent to my bedroom and I was mad. Being sent to your room, like as a kid, that's the most boring place to be sent to because that was before I had like an iPod or anything. So in your room, there's just nothing to do. And especially when you're in that annoying mood, you just want to keep... Being annoying, yeah, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> something or someone to irritate. Exactly. So I was like, well, this is just not fair. I've been sent to my room. I, I was only just getting started. So I think it was just after my 11th birthday, actually. And I got a basketball from one of my friends. And so I started banging this basketball around the room. I was like throwing it against my door because I just wanted Very to cool. try and get my mom to, you know, <laughs> react to it. And this is your doing. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, you sent me to my room to stop being annoying. Well, I can still be annoying in my room. So (laughs) (laughs) think again. How do you like them apples? So (laughs) there I was mom, cool, calm, collective woman. She was, was not budging. No, not even a, can you stop doing that? And so there was just nothing. So this was really annoying me (laughs) more than it was probably annoying her. So I was like, okay, how can I possibly get her attention and get her to tell me to stop being annoying again? So I don't, I don't know why I was like this. I don't know why children, I don't understand the psychological, you know, decisions behind it, but this is what was happening. So I still wanted my revenge. So at that time in my house, I had the, my bedroom was like in, on the second story and in like the corner of the house and so my window also for some reason I could pop out the fly screen so I could like stick out the window on the second story and my room was directly above our living room so I have no idea how this how this idea popped into my head but you know in movies when people tie all their jackets and pants together to like create a string to climb out the window don't worry I didn't climb out the window (laughs) I I was too scared to do that (laughs) so instead I thought you were about to like mission impossible (laughs) and like your face just appears like upside down in the living room window Uh, I ring the doorbell and mum's like how Um, so I tied all my pants and jumpers together and in my room I had a giant stuffed kiwi toy because one of our family friends had just been to New Zealand and had brought me back this giant stuffed kiwi toy. It was, (laughs) when I say giant, it was like 
the size of a large watermelon and like oh, just okay. the scale. So pretty, pretty big. A pretty decently yeah. sized kiwi toy. <laughs> so I tie the kiwi to the end of my pants and jackets and I slowly lower the kiwi down into the window. And it's it's hanging in front of the living room window for a while and I'm getting nothing. So I'm like, maybe they're in the kitchen. So the kitchen was the room next to the living room. So I found out if I swung the, the pants and jacket <laughs> string, <laughs> the kiwi would fly up in like past the kitchen window and to me there was nothing funnier than that image of my mum being in the kitchen (laughs) and her seeing this giant kiwi just swing (laughs) past the window so there I was I started swinging away and I remember the feeling I was all the idea of like getting sweet sweet revenge all the idea of like let's do this to be annoying I'm I'm angry I'm being shut in my room that that disappeared and I was just having the time of my life swinging these pants and jackets with the kiwi on the end and I was laughing out loud and then my sister walks out the back and she's like what are you doing and I'm just like I'm probably laughing like an evil evil genius or something and then mum comes out later and like maybe 10 seconds later and she was like what are you doing and I think at this point yeah I didn't even care about the revenge and my mum wasn't annoyed I think she was just genuinely confused and (laughs) no idea what was going on and so you know after a few more seconds I think I quickly pulled the pens and jackets kiwi back up into my window and then just sat on my bed laughing I honestly don't remember what happened next but I think it's safe to say that I got the feeling that I needed that wasn't revenge, but it was fun. That's it was close enough. <laughs> it was it was close enough. <laughs> it was got, great. I, I feel like it. You almost like stuck it to the to the man there a little I bit. I did. Yeah. You you're being sent to your room so that you can't have fun, but you're like, no, <laughs> no, that's not happening. I'm gonna oh, have yeah. the most fun <laughs> from the comfort of my own room. I know. I'm gonna be annoying and have fun. It was the the ultimate dynamic duo. <laughs> The for Mike an 11 year old kid best of both worlds yes. literally <laughs> <laughs> oh it's too good that's great oh that that's the kind of that's the kind of petty revenge we it love is to see. it is <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it uh, but that does bring us toward the end of the show uh so thank you again uh for getting us to a thousand yes. uh, thank you so much lessons. uh and our 30th episode it's been an absolute blast mm. and uh, I guess like the next big milestone is probably 50 episodes. Yeah, I think we've got to do we'll a 50th if, party. We'll see if by then we have 2,000. Imagine how Ooh, cool that would be. That would be very if cool. If we hit that at the same time. <laughs> so we'll, We can do it. We we'll can provide, do it. We'll provide updates. And um, if um, if we're getting close to the 2,000 before we hit 50, we'll say, hey, guys, can we just slow down on, <laughs> on listening to the podcast? Yeah. Uh, we're not going like, to hit these milestones Thank you the for same being time. so good, but uh, can you just tone it down a little bit? <laughs> just, yeah, please. We're, we're trying to do something here. <laughs> uh, but that does just about finish us up. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of... Bye! Bye! Bye.